And today we are talking about my perspective of the Ward Davis concert, my boy, the Ward Davis. So, first of all, if you don't know who Ward Davis is, I can't sit here and just summarize his life in, you know, 15 seconds, 20 seconds. Look him up for yourself. Do yourself the service. Look up a song. If there's one song that I usually recommend to anybody that's listened to him at first, it's probably Good and Drunk's probably the number one that I would recommend. But if you're really into, like, not necessarily murder ballads, but just deep meaning stuff, Black Cats and Crows and uh, Sound of Change is really good as well. Those two, I would say, are probably up there for me. However, Ward Davis is probably one of those artists that really has inspired me. And I've really grown accustomed alike and learned and just appreciated. And, of course, I met him through Cody. It most most people say, like, Cody Jinx, if you're looking at and from a drug standpoint, he was the gateway drug for most people that listen to traditional style of music now, the neo-traditional, because, you know, he writes with Ward. He writes with Josh Morningstar. He writes with... Brian Martin. He writes of Adam Hood. He writes of people like that. So I guess if we're really sitting here talking about Cody Jinks, you really have to talk about War Davis because they're like pretty much intertwined. They toured together, they're friends, and they don't necessarily get to hang out much anymore because, you know, they're all doing their own thing. But it's really cool that when it all started, it used to be just a couple homies who really loved the music that they were doing, and it's still the same way, it's just they're not able to hang out as much, right? It's like the you and your homie that you grew up with, that you really like, your best bro, your blood brother, or whatever, you don't get to talk to him much anymore, and one whole thing of it is, hey, listen here, I don't get to hang out with you, but we're still friends. That's how me and Blake are, which was the guy I got to go to the concert with, so... We will talk about his perspective of it on the other side of this. So, therefore, put my rain down. Let's talk about it. So, first of all, the setting of the concert is in the beautiful mountains of North Kakilaki, North Carolina, at Silverado's. Silverado's is like a little, I wouldn't say it's like a biker bar or anything. It's like just a little tiny bar. And there's a music venue on the outside of it. And it's beautiful because you can see the mountains if you like walk farther and far enough to the back, you can watch the clouds and stuff. I love the mountains. It's probably the thing that I miss the most about going to Western Carolina when I graduated is I sat there and I'm like, you know what? This is a place I really would love to move to because it's just beautiful up here. There's mountains, there's clouds, there's it rains a lot. I love the rain. Um, not necessarily fun skirting around in a two-wheel drive car in the rain in the mud when you're fishing and stuff but it's definitely 
one of those places where you can just sit there and relax. If there's two places I would like to live before I die, it would be the mountains of North Kakalaki, or the mountains anywhere, really, or a range somewhere. Something that I can call it my own. Not necessarily raise cattle and stuff, but just kind of be out there doing my own thing. Not necessarily being completely off-grid, but, you know, just definitely being away from people. Because people suck, believe it or not. There's good people out there, but most people suck. So... Let's talk about Ward Davis, right? Ward Davis is my, probably my number two artist. Uh, I hope if he ever listens to this, he doesn't take any uh, offense to that because Cody got me into the traditional style of... Let me back up. Well, wait a minute. In the neo-traditional sense, Ward's probably my number two artist. Probably in my top 15 for sure. All country artists of all time. Cody's course probably my number one in the new traditional style of music. Um, it is always changing depending on my mood and influence and what I've been through in my life. However, Ward's definitely been climbing the ranks as I'm getting older because I relate a lot more to that music. So, I will say that Ward is definitely one of those guys where I'm sitting there like I don't know where I would be without that music and that is one thing that I wanted to make my mission to talk about is not necessarily in the podcast but actually to him and I bought the VIP tickets so first of all let me talk about the VIP experience award Davis do it if you get the chance just do it because you really sit there and you learn you can ask questions. You get to listen to like three to four acoustic songs, songs unplugged. But you really don't get the general sense of the man up on stage all the time. You can feel it, the genuineness, the authenticity, the personality, the charisma. But when you're in a small setting with 10 to 15 people and you get to sit there and listen toward talk about stories and listen to the soul and his voice when it's just him, his guitar, his microphone, that is like magic. <laughs> it really is. And when you get to meet him, I would say prepare yourself a little bit better than I did because I could sit here and talk to Ward about how much he means to me, how much it influenced me, how much everything went, you know, how what he's done for me in my life, but you know what I can muster? I just said, thank you, I don't know where I would be without your music. That's all I could say, and that is true, and that's probably the best summarization of it, but that's all I could muster. It really was, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I didn't almost shed a tear, because I, I am a man, I will admit to when I'm about to cry, and I about did, but I held it in, and uh, got my picture taken, and we're going to go ahead and sit here and talk about the music set and everything at the end. However, I would like to give first a shout out to the venue of Silverado's. Beautiful venue, mountains, clouds, everything that I previously described. The VIP experience, you get the indoor bathroom, which is really cool. And just it's really an old school feel because you're sitting out there in chairs. You can bring your own chair. And you get to hang out. You get to be with... It's a really small venue. And smaller venues beat bigger venues any day of the week. I preach on that. Anybody that's ever been to a smaller venue. It's very intimate. It's very 
cool, it's very personable, and there's not much more I can say other than yes. If you get the chance to go to a smaller venue versus bigger venue, I recommend a smaller venue, and the reason that I do this is I went to the Eric Church and Cody Jinks concert in Raleigh, North Carolina, right before the War Davis concert, and I went to the two back-to-back in Charlotte, Tyler Center or something like that, at the Credit Union Skyler Center. It's a really smaller venue compared to the two, and just the difference. Of course, Cody being the actual show and Eric Church being the show is two totally different audiences, and I'm going to talk about that in my little vlog that I'm editing, and that will be on my YouTube channel, which I think it's in the link tree, but I will definitely make sure it gets put in there. If not, um, I'm going to put a little vlog ski up about my experience, and one thing that I will say is it's a whole different crowd, and that's, that's for good and worse, but I don't know, man. It's just one of those things where I'm sitting there, I'm listening to Cody play his soul out, and I'm sitting there in the lawn seats, and of course the lawn seats just don't get them. Go ahead and get you some actual seats. Be a, be a real person. I was dumb. I didn't think about it way ahead of time, but I just wanted to listen to him. The lawn seats, man, there's a lot of interesting individuals out there, and uh, I've seen a couple of fights. I've actually seen one dude that, man, it man looked like a boulder, and he shoved this dude that was just talking to his girlfriend just shoved him out of the blue. He was It looked like he got kicked out of the, the pit or whatever. And he was walking up. And he just shoved this guy. I guess he was drunk or whatever. But this one dude and him's about to fight. I'm sitting there beside me. I'm just like, man, I'm just trying to listen to Cody. Like, I'm just trying to concentrate to the music. And then anytime I wanted to take a video, I had this group of five to six people just screaming the whole entire time. Not even talking about the music or listening to the music. They were more or less just being there, being, I guess, I never sit here and be like, you know what, don't drink or anything. Do whatever you want to, but when it gets to the whole thing of it, you're making the performance about you, and you're not really sitting there appreciating the music that either artist is putting out. Like Even when Eric Church came out, these guys were still annoying, screaming, just partying, and sure, maybe they're just with their ladies or whatever, but... I don't know, I just, I like to think that if you pay good money to, to a concert that you go and appreciate the music because that's what you're there for, as Tennessee Jet, just shut up and listen to the music, and that's the PG version, that's what I truly feel like you should be doing when you go to a concert. Don't sit there and be like, no, I ain't going to talk to my friend the whole entire time, no. But just sit there and genuinely appreciate the music, and when you're at when I was in Charlotte, both nights, it was like that. It was like a family atmosphere. Everybody was the hippies and the cowboys. But when it came to the Eric Church and the Cody Jinx crowd, I felt like one-fourth of it was the Cody Jinx crowd, which was really cool. I got to see one dude that was sitting right beside me. or He's, he's actually a couple. But he's sitting there singing hippies and cowboys with me, and I'd look over and look at him, and we would just be kind of jamming out. And... Uh, you know, it was just a really good time. I really appreciated it, and I really had a good time. But when it came to just everything else, it kind of become an obstruction to the performance. Now, we talk about Ward Davis. There was no distraction. This was a very, I don't know how many people were there. I didn't sit there and be like, you know what, I'm counting how many people were here. But it was just like, you know what, we're all here, we're having a good time. But 
First, Silverados was beautiful. Smaller venue. Great time. B, shout out to the merch guy. I believe his name is James. He has an Instagram. Uh, so does every single player in the band, the bass, the guitar, the acoustic guitar, I believe. Uh, the drummer, Ward himself, and the merch dude, James. The merch dude, the PR man, the guy that took the pictures. They're all fantastic people. Um, my boy Doug's actually related to the bass player, Steven. And uh, I got to meet Steven's mom, and Steven's mom's a treasure. Um, their whole family was genuinely nice. I got to hang out with Doug and Blake and everybody there, so I had a really good time. Got to enjoy company of friends, and I would definitely call Blake and Doug pretty close to family to me. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things when you've been close to somebody for so long through work or friendship, trials and tribulations, you just learn to really appreciate each other's company, right? So here we go in regards to the set itself. Great set. Um, couldn't ask for anything better. He actually... So the way that Ward works is he's just... Man goes after it, right? He, he He's really having a good time. And I have... I honestly can't sit here and describe the style of any artist because the style of any artist is the best way that you can ever learn it is just listen to their music. Go to their YouTube page, go to their Spotify page, go to the Facebook page, listen to them, and you can actually learn a lot about Ward being on his Facebook page because he is an absolute hilarious. Like, honestly, if he didn't make any music, he probably has a pretty good chance of being a comedian, in my opinion. He is hilarious. I love his Facebook page. It really gets me a good laugh when I need it. And there's one thing that I will say about Ward is he really does leave it all on stage. He's not like one of those people like Charles Wesley who goes up there and he's like rocking out, you know, sitting there going after it. But like when it comes to his voice, you can feel the soul. And that's the way I'm talking about getting after it. And... I really enjoy his performance. Um, probably the highlight of the night for me was at the end. Black Cats and Crows is probably my number one Ward Davis song. However, Colorado is probably in my top three. I argue that I view that Ward Davis's Colorado is better than Cody Jinx. And the reason that I like his is it's a lot more slower. It's very beautiful. And he actually got to sing it, which is one of those songs that I don't necessarily, I've never been to a lot of Ward Davis's shows, but a lot of people say that he doesn't sing that very often. And when he went up there and sang it with the blue lights, and it was just him on the encore, after we sit there, we're like, Ward, 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 Ward. It was beautiful, and I really appreciated it. And that's probably my favorite moment of the concert. And I really enjoyed the whole entire performance. But when it come to me, the VIP experience was everything to me. Because I got to meet him, shake hands with him, just like Josh Morningstar, talk about how much his music means to me. And that's the one thing that I would recommend if you are meeting an artist. And don't go up to him and be like, yo, I'm your biggest fan. Now, you can do it. Don't get me wrong. But... There's a lot of fans out there, and it's hard to say you're the best fan or the greatest fan, but the way that I've always viewed it is the reason that they make music 
of course, that's how they survive. That's how they get by. But those songs are essentially being bleeding on the page, and those blood, that blood that's been shed on that page, is us for us to either deal or listen or understand where they've come from. And the one thing that I've always thought that was the most important thing you could ever say to anybody is, hey man, I don't know where I'd be without your music. I really appreciate everything you've done. That's the most genuine thing that you can ever say that any artist has influenced your life. And that's where I feel like I'm going to end this. Um, I'm going to let Blake talk. So we're going to naturally transition to Blake after this. Swoosh! Yeah, that was not natural at all, but yeah. Well, what's up, guys? Good to be with you back again on uh, the Steel Guitar Co. Always good to be with you, man. Looking forward to getting to talk about my experience with Mr. Ward Davis. What a guy. What a guy. I was uh, I was pretty uh, impressed. I, um, literally, the only, um, literally, I don't have anything negative to say about the guy, about uh, my experience. The only bad part was the four-hour drive both ways. <laughs> You know, but that was uh, but that's all right because it meant uh, a lot of more, a lot more time with you. But yeah, we started out and uh, got to, um, you know, went through security and all that, and went with uh, um, this person over around to the merch table, and I was honestly really impressed with the merch guy. Wouldn't you agree, Cole? Absolutely. I believe his name is James. Uh, James Pierce, maybe. Um, very insightful, very funny. Me and him were actually wearing the same t-shirt. So, I mean, like, I mean, we're basically best friends. Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, pleasant experience with him. He's a genuine, nice guy. He actually threw an extra sticker in with my purchase when I bought this hat, which you can't see, but it's a nice retro trucker hat that Ward's been advertising on his Facebook page and a shirt, a really cool guy and, uh, just a genuine, nice person. Yeah, he seemed he seemed really legit. And then after we um after we taught him, got our free t shirts that were only um really only available through the VIP experience. Did want to do a public thank you for those tickets for my birthday, by the way. Appreciate you. A lot of fun. Um definitely uh you should be friends with Cole. Lots of great uh lot of great <laughs> lots of great fun things you'll be able to do. But uh yeah, then we walked in the, um, the place with Sil- at Silverado's and got to got to meet him and he did a little uh like an acoustic uh song set for us he did um let's see what it was it good and drunk what were uh what was it what was a couple of other the songs well there was there, was, there was three yeah yeah uh, it was good. i know there were good <laughs> drunk. i can't remember the other two <laughs> Uh, one's called a uh, day one, which is him talking about him, uh, quitting drinking day one. That's right. Cause he kind of gave a, what was really cool. He gave the backstory about, um, how, how alcohol had really, um, how a lot of, um, really getting drunk a lot and how his addiction with alcoholism had really, uh, started to really kind of tear up his life a little bit. So getting to hear him talk about that was pretty, pretty cool. He quite remember off the time. They were all great. They were fantastic. I'm still a new Ward Davis fan, so I'm still trying to figure out all the all the song titles. <laughs> well, 
for me, it was like almost being like mesmerized because it's it's the venue itself is small, but the VIP experience is like 10 to 15 people and it was very intimate. And I was just kind of in the moment. So I remember day one, I think that was the last one. He did good and drunk first. And then the middle song is the one where I'm sitting here like trying to remember what it was. Yeah. I can't quite remember. But anyway, he um another fun part too is he uh he did a uh like a small Q and A and he was a pretty down to earth guy. He's like, Hey, I'm not interesting, but you know, if you wanna if y'all wanna know anything about me, I guess here's your chance. <laughs> so uh that was a uh, really a uh, really fun because i asked him a question you know nobody else seemed like they were asking questions i'm like hey i'll throw my hat in there you know and i uh, asked him what kind of uh what kind of singers really inspired him to get into country music and definitely uh big on like the some of the outlaws you know what i consider some of the um patriarchs of the outlaw country and then um obviously like garth brooks um, he said the dance really, uh, really, um, made, uh, made his, uh, made his passion for music and for country music go, go way up. But he, uh, he seemed to be a real big Waylon Jennings fan too. So I'm like, well, much respect there. Cause who, who doesn't love him if you're a real country music fan, you know? <laughs> so that's pretty fun. And then, um, one thing that really, really stuck out to me was honestly when we were getting a picture with him and you kind of talked about how his music had influenced your life for the better and he uh he seemed kind of taken aback by that it's almost like he didn't really expect to hear something like that so that was really cool to get to get to see you interact with him and get to see his reaction to know that his music is you know helping some people out doing some encouragement and um then the then the show starts they have um this one guy come up and he did he did all right he was just kind of like a um it was just one guy up there just doing some songs making trying to make a name for himself then the um uh john cox band gets up there and they did they did pretty well they didn't really have any original stuff but they just played a lot of um played a lot of well-known country songs i know they played um they played Cody Jinx, um, oh, what was that? Uh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, uh, I know they played some Dwight Yoakam, and then they did uh Cody Jinx, and they uh, what was that song? Um, it was, it was um, uh, the name of it's right on the tip of my tongue here. It was a it was a song about a I know the last part's like say a prayer for me and I'll see you on down the line. That's uh that's Cody Jinks. That's uh Cast No Stones. Yeah, Cast No Stones, that's right. Yeah, they did that and that crowd went wild when he did that. You can tell Cody Jinks was beloved. He he really was loved among that crowd. So uh did some of did some of his songs and I I, I didn't didn't hate them. I thought they did all right. I would like to hear some original stuff they have if they have it. You know, um, I think there's some, I think there's some strengths in like when a when a band like that plays some, uh, real well known songs. But I'm like, I want to hear something that you wrote. You know, so that was my only kind of qualm with with 
the John Cox band. But then when Ward gets out there, they were um they were ecstatic for they were ecstatic for him at um I was I was kind of really impressed with the place too with how they had everything set up real uh real not not really sophisticated much pretty basic and simple venue so I encourage I encourage people to go there if you ever get a chance and then uh Ward gets up there and he rocks it no other way of putting it he just rocks it and uh like I say he, he really does a lot of stuff you can tell he's a real down to earth guy and really uh has a passion for his fans and that's uh that's something that I appreciate too and definitely gave a great shout out to all of his band members and I could tell that they just uh it didn't seem so much like a band but it seemed like a family up there you know and that's uh that was something that I I really took away too and uh Ward ended with um had a lot of great songs throughout he played um him and uh um, him and Cody Jinks song "I'm Not the Devil." If I'm not mistaken, that might have been the first song or one of the first. Uh, but, let's see. I think it was in the middle of the set. Yeah, uh, it was definitely one that everybody went crazy over. Um, first song he sang was "Bad Apple." If you remember right, I was, a, like, yeah. I was like. I wouldn't expect it to be played because it's a newer song and I like it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not necessarily one of the most popular songs of his sets, but he started out with it. Yeah. I honestly thought that was a great song to start out with because um, it's very upbeat, very, um, very good song to get the crowd energized. And I thought, I thought the set that he did was great. I mean, everything seemed like a like a good logical progression of the songs that he did like back to back to back and kind of talk in the middle of in the middle of some and then talk about hey here's you know why I want to sing this um and and I was I mean I thought he put on a like a dang good show I was uh, really impressed I mean especially for the first time ever really hearing much of his music I mean I definitely go back you know, and I'd encourage really anybody listening if you've never really uh, dove into anything about Ward Davis, dive into it. He's got a lot of he's got some he's got a lot of good music. So I'm a definitely a new fan for sure. All right. So what was your probably if you're sitting here? I know you probably say I'm not the devil because you know that song, but I know you also said you liked it when you played it on the piano on the YouTube version of it, but. In the grand scheme of the whole entire set, what was the one song that you either liked or stood out to you the most? Probably Black Cats and Crows. Yeah, that uh that that one really stood out to me. He uh he did a fantastic job with that. And I think that was his last song that he did. And it's from everything that I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm still kind of new to him, but Seems like that's one of his signature songs. And um yeah, I mean it would be kinda like a like Kenny Chesney waiting till the end to play like she thinks my tractor's sexy or something. That's like the <laughs> that's like the equivalent of like a Ward Davis doing um doing that song. So it was overall, man. I I really enjoyed it. And I think getting to meet him too made the experience overall like a lot better because it's one thing to go and listen to a guy do some music which is great you know 
But getting to meet him and to get to hear a little bit of backstory about his life, I think that makes it makes it a lot easier to like the guy because you kind of understand where his music's coming from then. The uh, Black Cats and Crows is actually the title track on the album, the latest album that he released. Hopefully we'll have a new one coming up. He, of course, released the Sunday Morning EP, which has uh, a hymn or two in it, and it has Day One, and then the song about his uh, friend that committed suicide, written from that perspective of the friend, which is really deep. If you ever had somebody that's ever done that in your life, I would recommend going listen to that. But, uh, yeah, I had a really good time. The uh, guy that opened the show, the first guy, his name was Jason Whitaker. I, I remember that. I, I always want to shout out to those people. I mean, they have a job to do. They have to set up the show. And he was really into, like, the slower stuff at first. as a whole bunch of original songs. And then the John Cox band, they uh, played a whole bunch of covers. Some Dwight Yoakam, some Waylon, some people like that. And that really set up Ward really well because it got the crowd really rocking up to it because Ward's music's a lot of up-tempo. It really is. Yeah, he, uh, and that's, uh, I think, yeah, I mean, when he does a lot of his up-tempo songs, I, you know, I, there's some artists where they do really good at the up, like the upbeat, like good tempo songs, and some do really well, like with the slower songs, like, like Thomas Rhett. I think his, his slower songs are good, but really, I, I, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell much of a difference a lot of times and whether I like the up-tempo songs with Ward Moore or the slower songs, <laughs> to be honest with you, you know, that was a, that was something too. I couldn't really tell much of a distinction on which one I like more. So, um, something, I, something else I love for sure, just cause music all around seemed, seemed really cool. No matter if it was a slow song or a upbeat song. Sure. Um, I will say one of the highlights personally for me was when he uh, played Colorado, which was the, the song yeah. right, right after they did the encore and he just come out on stage, the bass player, Steven, uh, I believe Goose was the guitar player's name. I think his actual name is Josh, but they called him Goose. Yeah, they called him Goose. <laughs> and, then, and then Mike, the drummer in the back, they all just kind of faded out of you in the darkness, the back of the stage and just let Ward come up there. And he sang Colorado, which famously has been sung by Cody first. But I actually probably enjoy Ward's version a little bit more because it's a lot slower, especially if you listen to the album version of it. It has a fiddle behind it or a little violin. It's very peaceful. Um, and that's the song that Ward actually wrote. So that song. I actually, I actually like um after going to a Cody Jinx concert, then going to Ward, I actually like Ward's version. Of I'm not the devil better knowing his background a little bit more. It, um, I mean, it makes a little bit more sense just because I know about his, uh, know about his background some now, you know? Yeah. And that's what I always talk about. Songwriting being so important. Um, Ward basically has bled himself onto the page um, he's been through a, a divorce. Uh, he talked about that uh, in the uh, in the meeting, the VIP meeting, where he talked about how he come home and all his stuff was in the front yard and stuff like that. He also included a fun little story about how he uh, punched a record producer right in the freaking nose. That's pretty great. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, he. Uh, I bet that record producer didn't ask didn't ask any more dumb questions or say anything dumb after that. <laughs> and Ward claims that it's uh, his biggest hit of all time. Yeah, because uh, about broke his jaw. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> and that kind of blackballed Ward in regards to the whole music row industry too. So I mean, it, it didn't do him a service, but. I think that he's really paved his own way and his own crowd and his own community in regards to his music. So I think it's actually turned out better for him personally. Yeah, I wish, and I know you and I were talking a little bit about this on the way back, but I really wish that these guys could get on the radio because I really think that there's a, like a hunger and a thirst for more traditional sounding country music. And I, I really think they would do fantastic if they could get on the, if they could get on the airwaves. Me personally, I would love to hear them because I think there's a lot of people who just simply like don't know about these artists. And if they could find a way to get on there, I think that would do them like a huge, like a huge favor, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that uh, t- to that point, uh, I don't know if you've heard about uh, the whole Oliver Anthony guy that's really blown up here lately. The who? Oliver Oliver Anthony. He actually just did a uh, what was it? A uh, I guess a gig, if you want to call it, in the beach of North Carolina near the farmers market. Yeah, he's blown up. He's actually number one overall on Apple Music. Oh, really? He did a song. Um, it's essentially a song kind of saying he lives in Farmville, Virginia, so it's really close to Richmond. And he's pretty much like talking about how the rich people in Richmond are kind of like stomping on the working man. So kind of like Travis Tripp vibes, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So uh, he's actually blown up here lately and he's really good. And he's number one overall, like over like Luke Combs's fast car. There's more downloads of this song than anything. Right. And. Well, man. If he's hanging with Luke Combs and Fast Car, he must, yeah, he must be pretty doggone popular. <laughs> and I'm saying, man, like this guy screams genuine, like absolutely genuine country music. I'd recommend listening to him. I'll send you a link. Uh, he's just getting started too, like maybe not musically, because I looked at his Spotify and he has a whole bunch of stuff released as singles, but he's really gotten big and he's really good. So I'll send you his link, but uh, it really shows that there are people out there that are craving this older style of country music. And it could genuinely make a revival kind of like the outsiders revival tour of Eric church has been doing. It could be a thing. It's really starting to become more of a norm. Right. And I think, I mean, like I said, there's a huge, huge demand for it. Um, Because, like, the you've got a crowd that likes the newer country, you know, and they're doing they're doing just fine because they're on the airways. But I'm thinking, like, for these, uh, like for these artists who do lean more traditional, man, I would just love to see like a like a uh, Cody Jinks and a Ward Davis be able to get on that because I think that would just make it make their music even more well known. You know, because like like for example, honestly, I would have never heard about Ward Davis if it weren't for you. You know? 
And a lot of these other guys that I know is because I've heard them on the radio, heard them on Spotify, you know, whatever. But, um, but, and don't get me wrong, word of mouth is the best advertising. But when you can put your stuff out for the masses to hear, I just wish they could find a way to, you know, find a way to do that. And I know that that's uh, a lot easier said than done, but man, I just wish that not just for me, but for the rest of the fan base of country music, I wish they could find a way to get some of these guys out there because they, you've got these younger guys like a ward who's I think in his forties who, I mean, they've got, they've still got 20 years probably left in them to do some music, you know, and you could uh, you could have a lot of guys lead a kind of like that revival of uh because I think really if Ward could go mainstream, he'd be right on up there with the Cody Johnsons and the Luke Combs and the Chris Stapletons. I really believe that. I agree with that because there's just a certain genuineness about somebody like when they're doing their music, you can actually tell it's them, right? Yeah. And he screams that. Yeah, he really does. He really does, because it's definitely a personal, some personal stuff in his music, which I think adds even more credibility for a singer. So uh, one song that I told Blake that he could not listen to before we went, because I was trying to give him, like, I might want to sit here and let him listen to every single song on the album, but there was one that I'm like, you can't listen to it. You got to hear it live first, and then I want your uh, perspective afterward. And uh, it's called uh, Sounds of Chains. And, you know, this song is, uh, I would say, you know, if you're a theology major or something like that, you might find some holes in this uh, central story. <laughs> yeah. It's... But uh... I don't know. I, I, I wanted Blake to listen to it so he could give his uh, – is uh preaching on the soapbox here for a good few minutes about how he disliked or liked this song. So Yeah, I'm I'm pulling up the uh I'm pulling up the lyrics now. Um and uh yeah and that's uh and I might have gotten into a little bit on um on the last podcast. You know, I I I try to make a big distinction in entertainment versus like the the personal beliefs um now with um now obviously i think my personal beliefs affects you know how i have an outlook on life and like when it comes to whether a song really works this way or not you know um but really i think the line that um you were uh you were really kind of asking me about was the one that um, more like he uh, like he says he um, here's the chorus. Now I wake up to the sound of chains. Some days I may go borderline insane, but I found God in my prison cell, and for her and him, it's just another day in hell. <laughs> so, um, it's it's going to depend now whether. Like, if you commit the murder first, I really think, I mean, obviously, I think you can find God afterwards. Right. But, you can find him for sure. Yeah. If you find him, then 
that probably shouldn't cause you to commit a murder. <laughs> you see, so um, the way that I I took the song was um was that he found God, but then committed the um the murder. But the more and more that I look at it, it uh it looks like he was in prison for the murder and then found God. So I didn't want to make a huge judgment based on it, based on, uh, on just the first time hearing it, you know, cause I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to, you know, try to get the benefit of the doubt and go back. But, uh, entertainment wise, you know, good song, but, um, theologically. All right. Theologically, here's my expertise. Nerd. Yeah, if uh, if you found God, I I probably wouldn't try to advertise that. Um, be proud that they're in hell because of you. <laughs> you know, that's just uh, that's my two cents on that. Does that sound good? Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I just yeah. I like the song because of the. Uh, progression of the sound of chains talking about being in the prison cell and then when he dies he hears the sounds of chains when he wakes up because if you yeah. the last uh of the second verse he's talking about how the, he barely felt the needle at all so he's being injected and uh is talking about how he's praying the god his soul to keep as he dies and then he wakes up and he's in hell with them yeah i i like yeah. I like the natural transition of the sound of chains in the first and second from going to prison to being in prison in regards to, you know, hell at the end. Because I think the way that I protect in the song is he found God in his prison cell. Right. So that is either you can actually find God, like people say they find God all the time, and then they continue to live whatever life that they're doing like they're they're not changing themselves right and then you got people that actually change themselves for the good i find it the way that i interpret the song and this is all opinionated because i mean this is a song we're talking about this is right, all this right. Is for funsies yeah but i interpret it that he quote unquote found God by reading the Bible and he's reading like the part of me like all the good part like oh I'm going to be redeemed da, 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 but his heart which is the true nature in Christianity I would say your heart where your heart is is where you're at if your heart yeah. is not actually with God and you're just saying you found God and your heart's actually like Pa, I killed those people they're going to be in hell I'm up there you know shooting whiskey yeah. with Jesus, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, yeah I, that's how I interpret it. And I think... Yeah. And, I, yeah, because, like, you got the part where he finds God, but then he wakes up in hell. Let me just be clear. If you find God, you will not wake up in hell. That is, uh, and that's great news, because if you found God, that means that you have been saved because the work that Jesus Christ has done through his life, death, his resurrection for you. And through that, through his life, you can have eternal life. That's not in hell, but in heaven. And 
he'll also, you know, give you a change of a change of heart and will desire to see other people go to heaven alongside with you. And um and once that gift is given to you, it can't be taken away. And so that's why you know, like to say a fun song theologically, not not accurate. <laughs> fun but you know, that's a but on the other hand too, I try to tell people you know, all the time, I, I get, I get where some, where people can come from if they're not Christians. So like, I see the, see the progression and what, what the song's thinking, but, uh, theologically, I don't, I don't think it's, it's very accurate, but that's a, it's fun, fun to talk about with, uh, with that kind of stuff because you get to really show an avenue of how people can, how people can come to God and, know that they won't wake up in hell you know it'll actually be just a passageway to to an even better life and i think it just has a different perspective it really does because my opinion on the matter might be different than blake's i mean my my difference is if they didn't actually really find god i think they actually say they found god but they actually didn't their heart wasn't in finding god so they're right that's why they ended up waking up in hell that's well and you know I don't think people get to heaven because of good works by any stretch of the imagination, but good works are a result of the work that Christ has done in you. And, you know, Jesus even says, you'll know them by their fruits. So I can say, I can sit here and say, you know, I'm a, I'm a children's pastor, you know, but if I, you know, if I go out and I'm, drinking every single night to the point of drunkenness and I start beating my fiance and stuff like that, you know, there's some, there's a lot of issues with that. You know, you would really question, you know, is he really, all he says he is, you know, is he really, you know, if, if that's the kind of a life that Jesus gives, I don't want that, you know? So that's a, I think that's where a lot of the distinctions come in is like i don't think people get to heaven by good works but good works are going to be a result of what's uh what's been done inside of you with your uh with heart change all right well we got about five minutes so uh blake uh just kind of summarize everything in five minutes or less just kind of talk about overall everything your experience at silverados and everything and uh we'll conclude the podcast you know Silverado, when I first when we first walked up in there, I thought oh, this looks like a couple rednecks wanted a music venue. And dadgum if it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, they <laughs> I walk up, they don't serve food, they hire a dadgum food truck to come out, and I'm like, praise God, this is amazing. <laughs> you know. Now obviously they sell the they sell the, you know, the drinks that they have and, um, you know, they'll, they'll sell some of that. And obviously you got the merch out there, but it was, a, you know, it just seemed like a more kind of sophisticated backyard, backyard amphitheater would is probably the best way that I could describe it for the listener. Um, you know, you can bring a lawn chair, but they also provide chairs out there, out there too. I, I, I'm looking forward to going back to see you. I really, uh, I really encourage if you're a fan of 
traditional sounding country music, which I really assume if you're listening to this podcast, you are. That's just a wild guess, but I believe that that would be an accurate assumption. <laughs> I I would really recommend uh, listening to a couple of Ward Davis songs, and I don't think you'll be disappointed. I really don't. He um has a good has a good product for uh for his audience for sure. And as a new uh as a new person in the, uh, listening to some of the more modern guys in this kind of music, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, Cole, introducing me to some of these because, you know, I mean, life gets busy, you know, and I'm not somebody who has a huge, deep passion. Everything I'm going to revolve around is music. But when somebody introduces me to somebody that, and I really start to like them, I'm going to listen to them. You know, I'm going to try to play some of their songs while I'm riding in the car and whatnot. So I appreciate you introducing me to these folks because, Seems like, listen, listen, people, if you are looking for somebody who can tell you about good country artists, Cole Lane is your country music encyclopedia right here. So that's uh, that's that's who you need to go to. You're listening to the right guy. Well, I appreciate that endorsement. So, uh, uh, yeah, you, you the man. We're going to conclude this. Um, of course, this has been Of the Steel Guitar with Cole and Mr. Balake, Blake pastor blake um i appreciate him being on uh of course always plug the link tree always in the description send me an email let me know how i'm doing please feedback would be eternally grateful you know let him know how he's doing yeah if i suck let me know i suck that's that's all i care about just he's got thick skin folks (laughs) i don't know if you hear my skin but that it's thick for sure very Uh, thick yeah girthy (laughs) Uh, one thing that I, I've been trying, I'm just going, I'm going to screw with Blake here. I have a minute to screw with Blake. Essentially that I've been trying to get this mother fricker to buy a shirt <laughs> forever, but dude, honestly, what's your opinion on the merch? I have a minute, 30 seconds left. You better, you better be quick. The merch, you definitely need to get it. And I encourage, and I say that as an encouragement to somebody who needs to get it. Because it's uh, it's good. It's very good looking. It's cheap. You can uh, wear it to concerts and you fit right in. And it's uh, it's some really good merch. I'm trying to save up for a wedding next year, so I've been kind of frugal. But you know, I've got I've got some money in the budget for of the steel guitar merch. I'll make that. I should make that a line item. It mm-hmm. deserves it deserves that. In my Especially the hat. The hat looks killer. Especially with the side logo. That oh yeah, so great. Oh my. Oh God. yeah. Oh yeah. You know, maybe for your hundredth episode or something, you should do like ten percent off or something. I'll give away merch for my hundredth episode if I make it that far. Hey, you know what? Maybe I can be the recipient of that a uh, hundred episode. I'm in it for the long haul. <laughs> you haven't listened to one episode barely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. Oh man. All right, Blake, I appreciate you being on, my dude. You take care of yourself, and uh, we'll try to keep Country Music Live, all right? That's right. All right, man, I'll see you. All right, peace out. Peace.